I am Jenny. And this is Have You Heard Of. It's the podcast where two best friends finally hold each other accountable for all those pop culture recommendations we keep giving each other. This week it's my turn and we're talking about the 2014 Cartoon Network miniseries Over the Garden Wall. Yes, but before that, I am going to take the spotlight and also welcome everyone to Spooktober. This is a bonus episode. (laughs) (laughs) Next week I'll have a more excited evil laugh, but... (laughs) Yeah, so if you... What's that? Is that a ghost whooshing by? Or is it the sound of my computer fan? At high speeds, it's a ghost, definitely. Oh, ghost, yes. (laughs) Um... I, uh, I did if you have an encounter what? with a ghost earlier today. I just realized what? I forgot to tell Wait, you. Wait, pause, pause the podcast. No, tell me. No, don't pause it actually. But tell me. I can go to my spotlight after. Um, I do scheduling for my boss and manage all of her calls and meetings. Yeah. And on Monday, someone was like, "This meeting has to happen on Wednesday morning. Is she free at this time?" And I was like, "No, but she's free at eleven o'clock." And then I also managed someone who's not my boss's calendar, and she was also free yeah. at 11 o'clock, and we're like, this is a miracle, they're both free for the same 30-minute period. Yeah. And then last night I was double-checking, and she had another meeting at 11 o'clock that was a recurring monthly meeting, and I was like, how did I miss this? Oh. How did I miss this? And where did it come from? And so then I emailed the other lady and was like, we have to reschedule the meeting. She's in a monthly that I can't reschedule. I don't know what we're going to do. But the person who the meeting was with was in Ireland. So she was in bed and I woke up this morning with a tummy ache and I was like, Oh my God, I got to sort out this meeting. And then I checked my calendar again and the meeting was still there. But this time there was a notification where it was like, Microsoft Exchange Server uh, noticed you didn't have a meeting on your calendar, so we put this one in here. And it was literally like a non it was a fake meeting. It was a fake meeting what? that Microsoft put in just to spite me. It was a it was a meeting she had had at this time last year that we were like, we thought it might be recurring, so we put it back in your calendar. Oh no! Anyway, you don't deserve this. Ghost. I know, I was like, I don't have to deal with a ghost meeting right now from last year. <laughs> Oh, thanks, Google, trying to be helpful and then actually just causing you so much distress. I, know, I, just, I hate Microsoft so much. Um, yeah, so it, if you are listening to the podcast when they are released, this is a, this was last week and now it's now it's this week and we're still here. What? Surprise. Hello. Hello. Hi, Hi, nice to meet you. Um, so I have a couple of spotlights to share. Um, so in... Kind of in the theme of Ferris Bueller, which I did last week, and there was a parade in it and everything. One thing, also, sorry, I keep going back. We're going to do, like, kind of a themed also with our spotlights. So the spotlights are also going to be either, like, spooky or Halloween or fall-like or cozy, like, that type of thing. It's either going to be Sounds of Ghosts or Sounds of Your Iconic (laughs) Junior. (laughs) Um, And... So my first thing I wanted to share is Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party from Disney World, which is something I have never been to. I have never gone. Um, I don't go, like, I've been to Disney World about three times now, and um, they're well-known for themes throughout the year. And so Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party happens, you'd think, just in October. You would be wrong. Starts early August. (laughs) So, I have a friend just, who's very, very sad right now who was supposed yes. to be there this week or next week. I yes. Guess. This yes. Week, and this so week it is canceled. Next week while we're talking about it. <laughs> yeah. So it is canceled for this year, but 
even though I haven't gone during that time, because usually it's also during hurricane season and all that jazz, um, I have watched many uh, videos and listened to many podcasts and stuff about the festival. And I just want to give a shout out to, like, the specifically the Mickey's Boo to You Parade. It is so good oh my god emma you would love it it looks so interesting it is like they have like the haunted mansion characters come out and like the ghost from like the ballroom scene all of a sudden they're dancing they have the grave diggers and they're actually like scraping the ground and there's like sparks coming up and like the hitchhiking ghosts is on a float they have like a hoedown section when it's like they're all like country-esque and then yeah, the classic villains, of course, that show up, and the music is just so fun. Who and do you think is the most autumnal Disney villain? Like the big, oh, probably like uh, the most fall, the most fall seasonal villain. If we're just saying like villains, I feel like Maleficent is like such a big Disney villain arc completely. Um, but like probably Jack Skeleton, but. You know oh, I thought. guess I forgot about him. I guess he you is know very my fall seasonal. I do. I was thinking yeah. the evil queen because she loves cooking with mm. apples. Ooh, that is true. That is true. It's also, before, that's a great segue to my next thing. But before I say it, I also just want to say another thing they do at Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party is that, like, all for characters, they're dressed, the characters are dressed up in characters. So, like... Goofy is like dressed as a skeleton, but it's Goofy. Or oh, really, Goofy um, is dressed as Mickey, which I got no. very excited about. I was like, they're also in no. costumes. And you like go around, you go like treat trail, so you like get candy. It's like trick or treating, and it's also really great. A lot of people who live in more tropical places don't really get the aesthetic of fall and like Halloween. So we ha- there is families that go, and this is like their trick or treating. This is like their Halloween. They only feel like fall and halloween is happening when they go to these types that of things crisp um, air so yeah if you haven't watched any of the videos or the parade please look it up it is very fun and also i'm going to go back to a segue that has passed now but you said apples my other thing is candy apples i can't support <laughs> I love... you on this i think dessert apples you don't are... like candy apples i don't like dessert apples i don't like hot apples i don't like apple what i don't like apples i don't like hot apples i don't like candied apples i like apples i think mac a mac a crisp macintosh the only warm app i know candied apples aren't warm apples i'm sorry i'm getting sidetracked by warm <laughs> apples but like they're not I, warm i know i will only allow warm apples in a mac not a mac jeans in a grilled <laughs> cheese sandwich i'm so sorry i don't know what my energy is like today um but i also don't like dessert apples because they're so hard to eat candied apples no they're so Man, you're missing eat. out. They're I, so good. Uh, do they taste like apples with candy? Okay, so the one specifically I'm talking about is because every time, like, my dad used to work out of town two weeks off and two weeks on, and every time he'd come back, he'd bring us a candy apple. So I, I have, like... Would it take you the whole two weeks to eat? They're just so... I'm like, I want... No, I want you just get an apple slicer or you just get a knife. And you just cut it. That had never And, like, to what me. we would get is, like, we'd get them at, like, Rocky Mountain Chocolate Factory. And so those ones would be, like, there'd be caramel and then chocolate. And then sometimes there would be, like, candy on it. But usually that was it. And it was just so good. I'm so happy for you. I just, they make my jaw <laughs> tired thinking about it. Oh, man. I can understand the appeal. 
Do you ever bob for apples? Yeah, it's impossible. Why do people make people do this? <laughs> it's so hard to do. On Supernatural, a girl died while bobbing for apples because she was boiled in the apple vat. <laughs> Man, you need to work out some things with you and apples. <laughs> that was on Supernatural. That I feel like I would be into bobbing for apples, which obviously isn't happening anytime soon because of all the saliva flying everywhere. I yeah. feel like I would be into bobbing for apples. I it just... is impossible. We I used to do it for like like birthday parties and stuff and like you legit have to get like put your head so far down that you reach the bottom because you can't just like grab onto an apple. That <laughs> doesn't work. Okay, that's distressing to me because I would get water up my nose. <laughs> but yeah. back to candied apples. You can have all the candied apples and then I will have my candy and my apples separately and be very happy. Be a very okay. happy girl. That is fine. I will I will eat enough candy apples for a bajillion people. <laughs> I will fine. eat them all. Um, sorry to be negative on on the no, mud. That is fine. I at least we can share one thing. You said you like Macintosh apples? Big fan. They're the superior They're apple. They're also they're probably my favorite apple as well. So we have that Excellent. agreement. People hate me for liking it. Like, that's a soft apple. It's like, I have jaw problems too. So I They're get like the really whole like, really crisp. You like put it in the fridge and you take it out for a little bit and let it sit on the counter for like 10 minutes and you bite into it and it's like, I have sensitive teeth. So it's like not too cold, but it's still really crisp. Oh. And then I like a tartar apple if I'm putting it in my grilled cheese. Oh. Um, a tea shop in Victoria that no longer exists. Oh. It's fine would make a, a mango brie apple quesadilla that was oh. so good. And I don't like mango or brie or warm apples, but you put them in this quesadilla and it was <laughs> heavenly. I, the combination of brie and apple is one of my favorite combinations. It's so good. Which is ironic because it's warm, but you don't like warm apples. I know. I also don't usually like warm cheeses because at the time I had the flu and ate half a, half a wheel of cheese and then was very ill because I had the flu. It wasn't even a cheese-related illness. But I haven't been <laughs> able to eat. Oh, my God. It was rosemary and brie? No, it wasn't rosemary and brie. It was rosemary and a very nice cheese. And I ate half of a wheel and became violently ill. Happy fall, everybody. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Do you want to start talking about your thing now? I would. I will okay. say, though, that the one good thing that came out of the great cheese illness is that I stayed home from work the next day because I was sick and watched all of Gallivant in one sitting. Oh, I freaking love Gallivant. Gallivant's the best. So, flashback to fall 2015... Okay. I was lightly, we shall say, lightly depressed and mm. consuming a lot of The Good Wife ah. uh, because it was like a gentle pablum for my brain and it soothed my soul. And then I was like, it's October. I should stop watching so much of The Good Wife because I'm watching it at, quite frankly, an alarming rate. <laughs> um, and then the year before, Over the Garden Wall had come out. And so I watched that and loved it and then asked for it for Christmas and got it for Christmas on DVD and Ooh. my family is very very strict about what we watch at Christmas time we are like a very only Christmas movies only mm. Christmas movies until after New Year's um, a rule my father kind of broke this year when he made me watch The Departed on Christmas Eve but also um, don't you don't you watch Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunter with Christmas my sister too? which is okay. like that is like we ne I've never actually <laughs> seen that on a television I've only oh, ever okay. seen that on a laptop screen. <laughs> um, because my sister and I are frequently banished from any room that the rest of our family is in if we I choose to watch it. I respect your parents so much. 
Um, but we watch Christmas Carol. We watch It's a Wonderful Life. We watch A Christmas mm. Story. We watch We're No Angels if we've got time. Love Actually. So, like, other things will, like, slide in and out of rotation. We've got, like, our core three that we watch. Anyways, but then I got Over the Garden Wall for Christmas. So I was like, it's a Christmas movie. It isn't. It's a fall movie and a Halloween movie. But... Mm. And I was like, it's a TV show. And my dad was like, I'll only watch one episode. And I was like, psych, you're going to watch all ten because the episodes are only ten minutes long. Yeah. And I demand it. And then we <laughs> did. And it was a big hit. Big hit. Yay. Um, and so we don't watch it every Christmas. We're not that. But we do quote it constantly. <laughs> Everyone in my family quotes it constantly. Have you heard of Over the Garden Mall before in the name of our podcast? Um, no. I have not. I, I remember seeing some like memes or some posters and stuff of the characters and not having any idea what they're from but besides that I have never heard of this at all I think I was very similar to you where I had like seen it on tumblr and it was this was like 2015 so it was like I think right when things like Adventure Time and Steven Universe and Gravity Falls were like really hitting with an older mm-hmm. like teen 20s audience yeah. Um, I have since watched Gravity Falls and loved it. Still have not gotten into Adventure Time or Steven Universe. Don't know if I ever will. Yeah. I'm sure they're great. Um, but Over the Garden Wall was very appealing to me because of its aesthetic and because the episodes were 10 minutes long at a time in my life when I had a really short attention span for anything that wasn't about Alicia Florrick. But then I started watching Over the Garden Wall. Half actually realizing I have to give it extra credit for snapping me from the thrall of the good wife. I've been using the word ah. thrall a lot lately. It's great. Anyways. <laughs> I just, it is a beautiful film, television series, miniseries. Um, I think it's a real delight because I, I don't think it was like a, it wasn't a risk for the Cartoon Network, but it was a first for the Cartoon Network. Like mm. Patrick McHale had worked with them before. He had co-developed Adventure Time and then they gave him the opportunity to pitch his own series, which then became a short film, which then became this. And mm. it was their first miniseries. I think it was like, like, not a, a dangerous move for them. They weren't, like, really laying all their cards on the table with this series, but it was the stars aligning and letting them do something that was a little different in terms of narrative. Yeah. Technique. And it's so, it unfolds like a beautiful book, like a beautiful flower. The cast in this is, like, incredible. Is stacked. I had actually, like, started to make a quiz for you about the guest stars, and then I was like, actually, I know Jenny. She will probably look it up, and also this quiz, Emma, is only fun for you, because my quiz was, I'm going to tell you the names of, so I was going to pick an actor who was in the show, give you three other characters they had played, and then wanted you to tell me who they had played in Over the Garden Wall. I would have been so bad at that. <laughs> I know. And then I was I did the first three and was like, this is only fun for you, Emma. <laughs> also, because one of the voices is Shannon Sosaman. Do you know who Shannon Sosaman is? We're going to briefly sidetrack before we get into the plot. No. Well, we talk about the cat. Before. before we get into the main cast, Shannon Sosaman plays Lorna, who's in one episode. Bell girl. Mm, mm. Um, And she is an actress I really like. Her best known role is probably Jocelyn, the love interest in A Knight's Tale. Uh, oh! She! Um, and I, I know like, her. Exactly. But, like, she's never super hit it big. And then 
Like, I feel like A Knight's Tale was probably her most high-profile role, but I have seen a lot of other things she's done. Like, she was in Sleepy Hollow. Mm. She was in Moonlight, not the Academy Award-winning movie, the one-season-before-canceled Vampire Private Detective CW TV series um, that I do own on DVD. Uh, she was in Sinister, too. So she's in a lot of things that are very me. Mm. Um, but she just, I actually just read a really, really good profile on her that I will link in the episode description about her talking about her career and how she kind of fell into acting and was doing acting because she was like, I, she was a young mother and was like, I, I know I can do this relatively easily. I can make money. I don't really care if I'm not in like good things because I'm making money uh. and can care for my family. And then she was like, realized that she was now a full a full adult and was reading really bad scripts and was like I don't want to do this anymore and now she just like makes her own weird experimental art films and posts them on an app she made it's very cool nice anyways but like Jenny said stacked cast stacked yeah guest cast Tim Curry is here Christopher Lloyd is here John Cleese is here a lot of yes. people if you had a really famous voice in the 80s you're in this in this <laughs> yes as soon as John Cleese started talking, I was like, wait, I didn't, I forgot what his name was. I was like, it's the guy from Rat Race. It's the guy I know that voice. Okay, so that's <laughs> why I made my quiz, because I was like, Quincy Endicott is played by the same man who played Nearly Headless Nick, an ape named Ape, and Donald P. Sinclair. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, his, like, I recognized it instantly, and the rambling of like that character's voice and like emotion he goes through. I'm like, yes, John Cleese, keep going. You're doing so good. Um, BB Newworth is there. It's, it's a really good time. And most importantly, uh, the, the lead cast, uh, I actually don't remember the name of the actor who plays Greg because he is an actual child. Um, yes. but the wort is the incomparable Elijah Wood and even more yes. so, the blue Beatrice, the bluebird, is played by Melanie Linsky, who I love, 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 love. She's yeah, great. I didn't realize that it was Elijah Wood, even though like I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. I did not realize until I looked up the cast. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and then you can hear it. And then you can hear it. Yes. Oh yeah. Uh, before we, as we begin our discussion about the series, Over the Garden Wall came out in 2014, and the Cartoon Network is a mini series um, about two brothers half brothers uh wirt and greg who are mm -hmm. lost in the woods trying to find their way home and along the way they encounter many strange and mysterious people and keep hearing tales of a dangerous beast hot on their trail who wants to keep them from getting home will they make it maybe with the help of a bluebird named beatrice yes do we want to how do we want to go through it? Do we want to go through by episode or how I think do you let's want to go through it by episode because the one thing I really like about this series is that each episode is its own story, but it just peppers mm. in hints and backstory. It is a delight to rewatch because you realize there's so many scenes for things later on, especially I think even in the design. Um, there's an art book for Over the Garden Wall, which I don't own and really do want to own because it is so beautiful. Um, but all of the art in this series was inspired by like board games from the 1890s and oh. uh, proje like, projection oh, yeah. slides from the 17th century. So we're like, again, like late 1800s. Um, there was this one illustrator uh, named Gustave Dor, probably mispronouncing his last name, who's a French illustrator who primarily did like woodwork and wood engraving. Mm. Which you can see his influence, I mean, throughout the entire series. Um, but in, like, the title card for each episode yeah. um, is, is, like, a beautiful, 
animated wood carving and if you look closely at it you can see uh like characters from each episode so if you look you can kind of see the plot laid out before you even from episode one which is very interesting yeah the aesthetic of this show is really interesting like it gives you that like old fairy tale vibe and even not just the art style but also like the music like even like the intro music it's kind of like vaudeville opera Beckons through the leaves as autumn colors fall. Dancing in a swirl of golden memories, the loveliest lies of all. Yeah, it's. An interesting style that you don't see a lot in cartoons. I know, and it's really good. And I think like the characters are are so charming and it's just you learn, you know, you get eighty percent through the series and you realize that Wirt and Greg aren't boys from eighteen ninety who got lost in the woods. They're boys from two thousand fourteen who got lost in the woods but lost mm-hmm. on Halloween, which is why they're dressed so strangely. And that unfolds in just a really lovely way. Um, But yes, let's go to the first episode, which is the old grist mill. Yes. What did you say? You were 10 minutes. What was your first impression? Um... Just, like, overall, just for the thing, it took me a while to get into Over the Garden Wall, because I was trying to, like, figure out what it was, Mm. if that makes sense. Like, I... I knew it had, like, some spooky elements to it, but I, like, tried to figure out, like, what was going on. So it took me a while to be like, what is happening? Like, I could see its potential, but, like, with the first episode, my first initial thought was that Greg is adorable. Greg is (laughs) adorable. (laughs) He is super cute. I feel like if if Greg was not in Over the Garden Wall, I probably would have liked the show a lot less because, like, I feel like for me... It, like, helped bring that, like, innocence of cartoons and also that... Well, I feel like if he was out of it, then it would be a completely different... I think then it wouldn't be Over the Garden Wall because the whole point is that it is yeah. a series about brothers. Yeah, so, um, yeah, trying to figure out what was going on with it, but I thought Greg was just so cute and he's so, like, dedicated to this frog. And I... <laughs> It took me so long to figure out, like, the frog didn't have a name, and that was the whole point, is that they're trying to come up with a name. Because I kept writing down the frog's name. I was like, oh, I must have heard that wrong. And then I wrote it down next time. Oh, I thought it was... <laughs> and the frog. Like, oh, so yes. in this episode, the frog's name is Kitty. <laughs> yeah, I wrote that. I was like, oh, a frog named Kitty. That's fun. And then later I was like, oh, wait, is not not Kitty? Oh, okay. And then like, went back and changed it. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, it was interesting, because you get, like, the woodsman in there and I'm like ooh this world I like when there's like this world is more than these two people so you see them all like stressed out and I'm like is he the beast what is happening and, and I was like how is he getting the... oil from wood this that's not how science works but you find out later but science um, doesn't have to work like that it's also yeah. very grisly um, yeah. I know I think I when I did discover this show, it was like looking for something. We've talked frequently about how much we love watching something while we're eating. This is the perfect mm-hmm. show for that. Each episode is like 11 minutes long. So you sit down, yeah. you scarf, you inhale all your food like a Burmese yeah. python, and then you the episode's <laughs> done. The show was originally aired in more like traditional half-hour blocks. 
So mm. it, would be, it was aired the week after Halloween, Monday to Friday, new episode every night with two episodes as one episode. So you would watch the first episode, there'd be a little break, second episode, and uh. half hour. Tune in the next night for the second part. Oh, okay. um, which I think is like makes helps you make more sense of it in terms of like a traditional animated series. Mm. Um, yeah, that makes more sense. I can um, see how like the groups go together. But I love Greg. I love Wirt. I love Beatrice. So yeah, you have Greg. Um, pulling can Mr. Candy. What if I called you Candy Pants? I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> he okay. So the Greg character remind me of a lot of the character Ripley from Lumberjanes. Ah yes, I've only right? read. I have read a lot of Lumberjanes, but I've read a lot of Lumberjanes as of three years ago, so I'm not up to date, nor do I remember literally anything. But, like, she was the younger one who, like, really liked animals and was kind of, like, all over the place and had, like, the shorter hair. Um, she kind of gave me that, those vibes, which is fun. And then the brother um, reminded me of a, a friend from university. I was like, I'm, I, you can't tell I'm making direct eye contact with you through the FaceTime. <laughs> I know, 100%. The entire time I was like, oh my god. <laughs> this is incredible. Oh man, I know. But it came out in 2014. It was past our time. I know, I know. What might have been. Because uh, you know we would have been into that in first year. We would have been all over that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and so this was interesting for me because I had actually like completely forgotten about the Woodsman plot. Mm. I had completely forgotten about the woodsman, and deep in my soul, I thought the first episode was Hard Times at the Huskin Bee, which we'll talk about next. So, like, the episode opens, mm. and there's, like, the dog swallowing the turtle, and I was like, what is happening? But then you know, my the next episode, which is, I think, my favorite episode, which is Hard Times at the Huskin Bee. Yes. Um, and it's so good. So, um, It was so creepy. It was so creepy. <laughs> um, it was... Until the end, and then I was like, oh. But at first, I was like, ah! <laughs> I know. So I think this, this show just balances creepy and cute at the same time. And not like, oh, things will get scary, and then they'll get really cute. It's it's happening all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, we'll get to it. There's one episode that I hated because I was so scared. <laughs> I'll tell you about <laughs> But we're not at that one yet. But... Yes, the husk one was was interesting because they arrive in all these like pumpkins and you're like, oh, it's kind of cute. They're pumpkins, and then there's some like offhanded things they're saying like, oh, you're not, you're early, and you're like, what? What does that even mean? You just see like a pumpkin carving another pumpkin. You're like, oh my god. And I thought because on the way in they like stepped in pumpkins, and my first thought was, oh my god, they stepped on their babies. Was like the oh, first no. thing I, I was know. thinking. The scariest image of that for me is is like you think that they're like pumpkin people, and then you see a pumpkin carving a jackknife out of another pumpkin. And you're like. <laughs> yeah yeah um and then the maypole they're dancing around this is like midsummer but for the fall and for children um they're mm. dancing around the maypole and then the maypole comes alive into a big pumpkin man named enoch who was voiced by chris oh. isaac who was one of my like my, my mom's favorite singers oh wow and i i did not know and then i looked it up and i was like that's chris isaac um, anyways, it's, it's so good. And so, yeah, so we're Greg and they find this Beatrice named Bluebird who gets trapped in some vines and Greg frees her mm. from the vines. And so now she owes them a favor, not a wish because she's not magical, but she owes them a yeah. favor. So she's joins them on their journey. It's very much, I was like, is she part of like the Fae, like the Fae wild and stuff? Because like, she like, you give her something, she owes you something. 
it took me a little while to get used to the voice of the bluebird just because it was like so off-putting it's obviously there's some magic happening with this bluebird and but the voice is not like high-pitched like a bird and like I had to like get around the fact of like my preconceived ideas of what a bird should sound like so I had to deal with that my preconceived (laughs) notions about what bird speaking voices are Oh, yeah. man. The actress who voices Beatrice is one of my favorite character actresses. Um, mm. She, her name's Melanie Linsky. She's popped up in so many things that I feel like I could just look up her filmography and you'll be like, or like, go look at a picture of her and you'll be like, oh, that girl. Fun fact, she's married to the guy who voices Dipper. Uh, she's married to Jason Ritter. Oh, interesting. <laughs> um, anyways, she's in everything. She's in Away We Go. She's in Up in the Air. She's mm. in The Informant. She's in Perks of Being a Wallflower. She's in ever after she's in but i'm a cheerleader she's in regrettably wow. two and a half men like she's in so many things um anyway wow. so my i don't know i guess i probably do also have preconceived notions about what cartoon boots birds could sound like but in this case i was just like hey it's melanie linsky <laughs> yeah i was like skeptical from that bird from the start i was like hmm, don't trust that bird don't trust that bird <laughs> um one thing that I had a lot of fun with rewatching is that I realized a lot of my favorite quotes that my family repeats to each other ad nauseum come from later episodes, and I didn't remember the beginning of the series very well, so it was really fun oh. to rewatch the beginning of the series mm-hmm. and realize what episodes I'd remembered, what ones I had just, like, completely forgotten. So episode three, School Town Follies, is one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> because this is where I feel like things come like really together because you've had your spooky episode with yes. the woodsman you have your like kind of spooky episode with the pumpkins oh which the pumpkins are skeletons who have like so the town is called Pottsfield, which is for potter's field so where beggars are buried or like poor people are buried who can't oh. afford graves so then they're like digging up their friends so their friends can join the party as pumpkin people then you get to school town follies which is just not scary and a vaudevillian no. delight. <laughs> I owe a lot of credit to this episode because the first two I was like not that into and I was like, oh, okay, like I got seven more of these to go. <laughs> no, no, eight more. I was like, oh no. And then this episode happened. I was like, oh, well, this is fun. This is a delight. Like I loved like the teacher and you like this, this teacher is just teaching animals and like that's the whole shtick. And it is so much fun, and they she starts, like, telling them about her life story, and it kind of reminded me of, like, one of the teacher I had in high school that would give us bonus questions about his marriage and his wife, and I'm like... That's <laughs> not okay. That's weird. Right? That's a weird thing to do. 100%, but it kind of reminded me, because this teacher is, like, talking about her lost husband, and it's just, like, playing the She's piano. She's giving them the <laughs> alphabet of, like, the story of their failed marriage. Jimmy Brown! I was like, ah, yes! Um, Jimmy Brown. It also started, like, the beginning of, like, their musical episodes, and I'm a sucker for music. Exactly. And, like, it's... Are the best. Things are coalescing, like, you get to see, like, in the first two episodes, we're just, like, a total... It's a worry wart. Yes. Um, And, like, wanting to get home and not knowing how to get home and trying to keep Greg on track, and this one, Beatrice makes fun of him for being a pushover. 
uh, and just doing whatever anyone says. And it's where you get to see Wirt become an actual character. He's like, fine, then I am just going to be super stubborn and yeah. do what everyone says. And meanwhile, Greg's just off on his own adventure and Wirt's like, gets to be his own little person for a minute and Greg gets yes. to be his delightful ray of sunshine self and Beatrice is just like, come on. Right, and like the song Potatoes and Molasses... I never knew I needed that song in my life, but I do. (laughs) So, it's just so endearing. And there's just these animals in, like, human clothes trying their best. And they need (laughs) to get money. And they start a band. And I'm like, this is what I'm here for. Because it wasn't necessarily spooky. And I have a lot of like difficulties with spooky things um we should so rename it, this not spook not spooktober not so spooktober. Not, i mean some of the things i'm gonna bring are spooky but i like this because it was like a breath of fresh air and there wasn't ever like a moment when i was like oh no oh scary it was like it was nice <laughs> it's really cute the husband comes back he's been trapped in a gorilla costume but i mean who hasn't been trapped in a gorilla costume right? you know all, yeah. all is forgiven and then like Um, i I talked about the soundtrack and like the score is so beautiful but like denise said this is the first time where like the characters kind of get to sing they also have the adelaide song we're on the way to adelaide's house today which is so funny and so i sing regularly whenever i have to go anywhere it's what i sing (laughs) to hype myself up before i go grocery shopping yeah, so it makes sense that the next episode was aired at the same time because the next episode is also a musical episode and that was also one of my favorite ones because it it was just a town full of bards. It's pretty much <laughs> what I envisioned it as. Oh, man. You could do a whole... Right? Every episode is like you could do a D&D campaign out of this, but you could do a whole D&D campaign out of the unknown. Or as one of Greg. Or just like you yeah. are people who end up in the unknown. You have to find your way back home. They're on a quest. They're on a, they're on a mythic quest. Right? And yeah, so the next episode is Songs of the Dark Lantern. And they just arrive and they're like, who are you? They're like, oh, we're just trying to... No, who are you? Because this guy's this, this guy is this. I'm like, oh, small towns. I'm I'm like, no, who are you? Yeah. He's the shoekeeper, the shoekeeper, the shopkeeper, the shoe... (laughs) Smith? Cobbler. (laughs) There you go. There you go. (laughs) That works. Yeah, it's... It was so... It was so much fun um, to just see them like sing the different types of songs and the different styles and the one who's like the 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 thief he wasn't a thief he was like the marketer or whatever and he was like all like jelly like and like all like I'm the highwayman the highwayman yeah and then then you have the one lady just singing about love <laughs> like oh this is fun um, and this is, again, like, one that it's fun to watch in hindsight, where, like, Beatrice isn't the most trustworthy bluebird on the block, but then she starts talking about her family, and she starts actually becoming friends with Wirt, and then mm. you realize, oh, she is, it's, she, it's, the, it's the classic trope, she is being secretive and devious, and now she feels bad about it, which is one of my favorite yes. things, when yes. someone deceives someone, and then they care about them for real, even though in this case it's just friendship, no romance here, no yeah. romance here, but, um, it's just very cute. Yeah, yeah. And so they get a horse. They steal a horse. They steal a horse, and then they off on their next adventure. Because they don't steal and a horse, because the horse's name is Fred, and he yes. can talk. <laughs> he could. I had, like, an ongoing theory that didn't actually end up happening, because that's not what happened. I had a theory that, like, the longer 
you stayed in this land, you slowly became an animal, and then you slowly became able to talk if you were already an animal. Because, like, that was, like, my... Like, it's not at all what happened, but, like, with the blue bird, she's like, I was a human. I was like, oh, maybe if you were a human for too long, then you turn into an animal. And then for the animals, if you were there for too long, you started to talk and become human because, like, the horse wasn't talking at first and then did, and then, like, the frog at first wasn't and then sang later. So I'm like, this is my ongoing theory, and I think it is... A good head cannon. <laughs> I think it's a good head cannon. My theory is that because you later find out that Beatrice uh, and her family are people who have been turned mm-hmm. into bluebirds by Adelaide, the not so good witch of the woods. Um, so mm-hmm. my theory is that Fred has also been cursed by Adelaide. And so oh. was a person, but is now a horse. Um, <laughs> maybe because he tried to steal from her and then she caught him and turned him into a horse. Ah. Um I, I, one thing I really like about this show is I talk a lot about how I get really hung up on different versions of things or what might have been. Mm. But I think with this, like, you can it definitely went through different iterations and a long development process, but in a way that feels much more controlled and driven than what I usually talk about. Because what I usually talk about is, like, studio interference or bad mm. test audience reactions or actors dropping out, whereas this is, like... Patrick McHale had this idea for a story. He kind of wanted it to be spookier and then decided he didn't want it to be so spooky. And, like, it was originally going to be 18 episodes and he realized he could tell the whole story in 10. So, like, everything that mm-hmm. went into making this feels so intentional. And you were like, this show would, I wouldn't like the show if it wasn't, didn't have Greg. But, like, Greg is in there because that's the story he wanted to tell. Um, yeah. But that being said, that if they had had 18 episodes, he did want a four episode arc where the boys got turned into animals. <laughs> oh, yeah. I. I found, like, the pacing of the show, like, it was interesting because I felt, like, sometimes I felt like it was too rushed, and then other times I felt like it was too slow, and I think, and I don't know if it's because I'm not used to a cartoon miniseries before, um, mm-hmm. or it was just the idea of, like, being lost, and, like, they're lost in a forest, and are we, as audiences, also supposed to be kind of lost at the same time? Like, was it intentional? I don't know. Um, I was, like, I remember watching it and honestly being surprised, like, when you find out what's actually happening or, like, wh- how they got lost and having it tie into because mm. it was, like, perfectly content just to watch these two brothers kind of yeah. wander through this place and try to find their way back home. Yeah. Uh, there's this video game that I've talked about before called One Shot where you do play a little cat named Nico that wakes up in this empty world that's only populated by robots. All the people are gone and Nico just wants to go home. But he just wanders through exploring and talking to robots to find out what happened. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was like, I do just enjoy stories where like it's just about kids who who want like the prize is getting home but the journey like the adventure is the reward. The pilgrim is a child. I can definitely see why they made this into, like, a comic book series and, like, other stuff because I can see it working so well as that of Mm -hmm. kind of, like, Lumberjanes or that type of style of they're just, like, one book could be an arc that happened in the forest and that will fit perfectly in, which is fun. And it, it does things really well where, like, these boys are just wandering through the woods and it's it's fun to watch the things that happen to them and the way it influences them as they like slowly become Mm. more accustomed like at first where it's just afraid of everything because it's so strange and then by the end he's like okay this is strange but the horse can talk so that's useful to me because I'm not stealing Mm. a horse the horse is here of his own free will (laughs) and so it's fun watching these these 
children become acclimatized to their weirdness in a way that, you know, adult characters wouldn't be able to. The next episode was Mad Love, which had John Cleese in it, which <laughs> made me very happy. Which was good. A good which time. Which was good. That uh, was it's a love story. my other favorite episode. I had three really? favorites, and it was three, four, and five. <laughs> Amazing. It was um, a fun, like, mad person who, like, who has a lot of money and is just excited to have company over. And they're like, we're your nephew. He's like, sure. <laughs> this is very, this episode is very, your whole family is over for dinner. Everyone is trying to control the conversation. And so everyone is talking about different things and just assuming everyone else is listening. And it's very funny to me because you have Endicott talking about this ghost that he saw and how he's in love with the ghost. But he doesn't know if the ghost is real. He might be going mad. Then you have Greg who's like, yeah. don't be mad. There's lots of great things. You don't have to be angry. And then you have Wart in the corner who's like, try like trying not to steal stuff while Beatrice and Fred the horse do try to steal stuff and so everyone's just doing their own thing and not paying attention to anyone else around them but also assuming everyone else is paying attention to them yeah 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 it was it was such like the perfect level of chaos and structure that was a lot of fun like there's a ghost it's like is there I don't know (laughs) it's just so bizarre and yeah them trying to steal something and like the horse and Fred is his name. Fred yes. and Beatrice are just so excited to loot the place. Um, like it's only two cents. They're like, we're gonna do it all. I want to <laughs> steal. Um, <laughs> and then it's again like where you start to get more character development. So it's funny that you were like, oh, like I don't really. I think I think it's slowly paced and then weirdly paced. And the more I go back to rewatch it, the more you see like how they are just dropping in. Like, mm-hmm. little hints the whole time. And it's also good because Werp keeps alluding to some deep, dark secret he has. And then his secret is that he's kind of a nerd and has a crush on a girl. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah, and plays the clarinet. Yeah. You're like, cool. <laughs> that's a 15-year-old boy right there. Well, yeah, and then Beatrice is even like, that's not weird. That's just things you're interested in. That's, no. What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, the, the poetry's kind of weird. You know <laughs> no, it's not. Poetry is good. Craig? Poetry and clarinet poetry and clarinet (laughs) i'm sorry this episode is just me retelling and then quoting things i just think this show is such a delight to watch anyways yeah and then also a very funny one of the few depictions of rich people i can handle in the media right now of two rich tea magnets not realizing their mansions are so big they're actually connected and that they've actually the ghosts they fall in love with are each other yes yeah it's so bizarre, but I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you can do it for every episode. You're like, I, I just love watching it because every episode you're like, that's so bizarre. But you know what? It happened. It happened. That's what I watched. That is what happened. Um, and then you also find out that the lantern that the 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 woodsman from the first episode is keeping, he has to keep it lit with the oil from the trees because it contains the soul of his daughter. Yes. That was interesting. I liked how, like, that brought it back in. I was like, ooh. I know. I am intrigued. I, 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 for, I had was, forgotten that he was even in it, let alone that he is a main character. I kept, there was cut moments when I was, like, losing interest, and then I was like, ooh, I am interested again. <laughs> and then I would lose interest, and be like, oh, okay, you got me. <laughs> like, let's see what happens. So, uh, one thing. So, uh, the, the beast looks so much like the Gargoyle King from Riverdale. Oh, jeez Louise. It does. Right? It really right? does. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, I'm i mad at Riverdale for many reasons. Mm-hmm. But one of them is that they didn't go full supernatural. 
not the show, just the concept of the other world. Uh, when they could have. Uh, I wish, I wish the Gargoyle King had been real yeah, so badly. Yeah. I think it would have been wild. It would have been so fun. Yeah, every time I saw the Beast, I was like, oh my god, it's the Gargoyle King. He's coming to get us. Oh my god, it's him. Maybe uh, that's where they got the inspiration from. I mean, I wouldn't put it past them. No. Um. Oh man. Okay. Two. Th- I meant to mention this earlier too. When they were still planning on making it a scarier show, like the beast is definitely, I think, like the scariest part of the series. Although maybe not. We haven't gotten into what you thought was the scariest part of the series yet. No. No. Um. But originally, two episodes they didn't do are Wirt and Greg meet a skinless witch. And Wirt and Greg meet a man who makes dice out of the bones of children he's kidnapped. Like, okay, so <laughs> those are, like, <laughs> obviously no for, like, scary, like, sc- they're obviously scary, but, like, I think the show does, in a good way, not benefit for me, but I can see why, but, like, they do, like, scary in a subtle way of, like, all of a sudden there's, like, these people like they're eating like small black turtles and it's just like off-putting like it's not scary but it's off it's just kind of yuck and just kind of yuck and then yeah. when you do get do get spooked it's okay because it's the next episode and now they're on a riverboat for frogs and the frogs are singing so it's just like time yeah to get spooky but also there's a frog wow in the episodes that we've just mentioned the frog's name the main frog the most important frog there ever was has gone through the names yeah. kitty wort Wirt Jr., George Washington, and then now Mr. President. They get on this riverboat. They snuck on because they couldn't get the two cents. Because <laughs> Greg, um, in his one moment of world weariness, throws away the coins they were keeping because he feels he's got no sense. <laughs> got no sense. Um, so they're on this riverboat, and it's just a bunch of fr- fancy frogs, and that's just neat to see. It reminds me a lot of um, Iqbal and the Toad. It's an old Disney film. But um, with just fancy frogs, who is like a really rich frog. So there's all these like really, really fancy looking frogs who really like to listen to music and dance. It is a fun little escape from scary. It's just they're kind of like running around on a boat. Um, And then it gets like serious (laughs) again. And you really find out like what Beatrice has been up to. And I'm like, I've never trusted that bird before. I Okay, before we get into that, I do want to talk about the frogs more because I love the fancy frogs. I feel like frogs are in a real internet renaissance right now where we're all very pro-frog. But this, (laughs) I love the frog in Over the Garden Wall so much. He has also broken me in terms of what I think a frog should sound like. When I worked with kids, I couldn't read stories about frogs because, or like you can't, I could read stories about frogs. But like, I would love doing animal sound books. That's the easiest way to get audience participation is to be like, this is a cat. Can everyone make a cat sound for me? And then it would be, can everyone make a sound, frog sound for me? All the kids would go ribbit and I would just be like, blah, blah. (laughs) <laughs> and everyone's like that's not what a fro- frog sounds like and then i would just be like okay hold on let me pull up this clip on my phone <laughs> and i remember showing it to one person who was like i understand now what you're going for but that you still that you still don't sound like that and i was like don't look at me but i still like that's actually pretty good like people think like ribbit ribbit frogs yeah. don't go ribbit ribbit you you kind of sound like a bullfrog where you're like blow blow <laughs> We hear you. I know. (laughs) And they Um, just like... The frog also gets socks, which is really important. And a record deal, which is really important to me because he can sing. (laughs) Uh, 
And so, yeah, so this is, again, like, this is the way it's, like, you're, like, ooh, Beatrice is up to no good because she has a conscience. Don't, and because she's, like, before, is like, my favor, I'll repay you. I'll take you to Adelaide and she'll send you home. And you realize there is no favor and Adelaide isn't a good witch. But also, like, it's just, it's very funny where Beatrice is, like, starting to feel bad and she keeps being, like, oh, no, Wirt, you play the clarinet because you're not very good and it'll be so bad they'll kick us off the boat. But Wirt's actually really good. He's just insecure and she's, like, oh, dang it. And he keeps being yeah. like, you look uncharacteristically wistful. Mm, what's that? I was just thinking. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> also, yes. who hasn't done that moment where you're like, I'm going to look really sad. So people ask me what's wrong. And someone asks you what's wrong. And you're like, oh, nothing. It's fine. <laughs> I'm just thinking. It's fine. Just thinking. Yeah. What are you thinking about? Oh, nothing. Don't worry about nothing. it. Nothing. Where are you going? Well, you're not going to push the question farther? What do you mean? Come on, get back here. Asking more about me. <laughs> and it's so awful, though, because she goes and she's had promised to she would get turned into a human if she delivered children to Adelaide for them for her to use as servants. And then Beatrice is ready to give up her freedom to become a servant. But then it's yeah. too late because the boys have realized her betrayal. Yeah, so you realize this entire time that he, she was luring them to this witch so that she could get her own freedom back um and then she's like no 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 this is not okay and then this witch is like can't go into the night air or something so that's how they destroy her they like open the window <laughs> they're like oh i thought she was just kidding no she melts it's gross <laughs> yeah <laughs> um the brothers leave because they're betrayed and, and hurt starts off their solo journey i know so now we've like moved through and now we get into plot town so now we're at the ringing yes. of the bell which yes. also has one of my funniest moments of swishen and so smooth appears is a cute teenage girl named lorna who is under yeah. the cruel and uncaring rule of her auntie whispers as played by pennywise the dancing clown tim curry um that was also part of the quiz that i would never give you <laughs> this this is the episode i hated oh just no so you know. I hated it so much. What scared you? Uh, when she turns into a monster. Are you kidding me? I had to look away. I was terrified. I'm like, Jenny, look back. And I would look and I'd be like, no, I can't. This is a nightmare scenario. I hate it so much. It was so scary. Emma, but it, also it has, was so scary. It has one of my top three lines in the whole series because you've seen oh, these like gross oil fro oil turtles that people have been eating and it turns them into monsters. And you find a whole tub of them. And... Yeah. Uh, Greg's digging through it. He goes, wow, we're rich. We're turtle rich. And then later, <laughs> Lorna comes in before you realize she's a monster. And she's like, what are you doing here? And this is my, we're here to burgle your turts. <laughs> yeah, that, that was cute. That was cute. We're here to burgle I, your turts. It just, the episode just took such a wild turn in the creepiest way possible. And I was physically not prepared or oh, ready no. or deserving. Oh, I know. <laughs> I, I, no, I like 100%, I, if I close my eyes, I just see it and I'm terrified. That's so sad because in my brain, I'm like, it's okay because they banish the spirit and then she gets to be Lorna again. Another funny moment I think is that they realize Auntie Whispers isn't evil. She was just trying to keep the monster inside Lorna contained and they free Lorna and Auntie Whispers is like, oh, thank you so much as a gift. Look out for my sister, Adelaide. She's evil. And you can just see their faces be like, yeah, mm-hmm. We know. <laughs> I was very upset. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, I was mad. I was, I did not like it. Yuck. 
Anyways, but then it's okay because they save her. They save her. But then the boys are on their own and they get trapped and they're lost. So then our last three episodes, I think I kind of all blend into one, are Babes in the Woods, Into the Unknown, and The Unknown. This is where you yes. get like really plot heavy. Yeah, so Babes into the Unknown was very much like a, I was grateful. I was so grateful from that last scary episode to be like, hey. Which is the part like two this- of that episode, so you can tell they were like, okay, yeah. okay, okay, we're going to end on a cliffhanger, but first, some musical numbers, like you're in Munchkin Land. Yeah, so that was fun. It was like a parallel ty- type of thing was going on. He kind of like went up to the stars and it was fun. Um, and then. Holy camoly, the end, the end minute had me shook to my mm-hmm. ultimate core, but, like, in a good way, not, like, the last episode, but in a way of, like, oh, so pretty much, like, he saves this, like, cloud town, and then... Just Greg, because Wirt's, like, Greg has gone up to the stars, and so he's out there on his own because Wirt is just frustrated and tired, and it's... It's very, yeah. again, like, realistically teenagery, where he loves his little brother, but, like, his little brother represents a lot of change, because it's from his, the dad is his stepdad, not his dad, and, like, where it's, like, always gotta bring Greg around, and so it's, like, sad, but I think, like, a very realistic sibling thing, where you're just like, I can't handle this anymore, I don't want this responsibility anymore, I'm just a kid. Yeah. So Greg's on his own. <laughs> He's on his own, and, but, like, the whole, the whole reason why he ends up leaving is, like, he gets granted a wish of, like, we can take you home. And he's like, but I'm going to leave Wart behind. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. And he's like, well, he, Wart's already too long gone. It's not going to work. And then he's like, I know what to do. And then it ends with, like, him going with the beast. And I'm like, oh, no, you're so innocent. Don't do this. This is not okay. Greg is very My poor brave. Child. Oh, he's so brave. He's like, let's go and do this. This is fine. And you're like, oh, no. Also, with him being like, Rock facts of like, oh, you Rock cutie. facts. Oh, Which man. are just fake facts. Fake facts. <laughs> Pretty much. They're true somewhere. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Maybe. And then we got um, the last two episodes. Yeah, which, like, let's just pop these. But, like, this is, I think, where the series, like, I just love this whole series, but I also just love, I, I feel, we talked, like, before about how we feel, like, a great deal of affection towards, like, letting kids be kids and representing them as such. Mm. Like, I did. Yeah love the first three seasons of Riverdale um like they did delight me but I'm also like what and this sounds so ridiculous because I feel like we are so entrenched in the teen drama but what pulled me out of it as I was like these characters are 16 years old I know I wasn't a cool 16 year old but like you can let them be like kids they don't have to be little grown-ups who are in the mob running a speakeasy which like I know Riverdale and over the garden wall aren't a one-to-one connection but i like this series that lets greg be you know really little and lets Wirt be just an awkward teenager and it makes me yeah happy when i see representation for how teenagers actually act because i can imagine being like that and finding it very relatable or like as an adult watching Mm -hmm. eighth grade and being like oh my god this movie is made long after i've left eighth grade but how does it still feel so real oh kids are just like that like we're just kids we're still figuring it out and this show is again like very gentle towards being hugely awkward and figuring it out so you realize that it's halloween night and wart has gone out to try and impress sarah the girl he likes oh and then he makes like a cd not a cd a mixtape a mixtape oh of poetry and clarinet 
Um, and then also just the, like, this is, like, this is my, f- okay, the funniest thing, I think, in this whole series is the reveal of Jason Funderburger and all of the dialogue about Jason Funderburger, who also has a crush on Sarah, and word this entire time is, like, Jason Funderburger wants to ask Sarah out. She'll never like someone like me when Jason Funderburger's yeah. interested. He's the total package. And then you meet Jason Funderburger, who Sarah's uh, clearly not interested in, who's just, like, a total creep. Yeah, and I was, like, in my mind, I was, like, oh, he's probably this, like, hotshot guy. And I thought it was was the guy that like wished her good luck when she was going somewhere i was like oh that must be the guy and then you find out he's this like little yeah little creep and like he's like hello i'm like oh my god really <laughs> like all to your own but still and you're like Wirt, no you're great Wirt. Wirt, you totally have a shot and i'm also just like it's a it's a generous depiction of teenagers when you meet all of like all because like they find out that Sarah's at a party and Wirt's too scared to go to the party because he wasn't invited. Then he gets there and no one's mad at him for being there. They're all like, oh, hey, Wirt, glad you could make it. Oh, cool, you brought your brother. And yeah, like, they're like, there's nice teenagers. So, like, Wirt is trying some mean teenagers, but, like, very accurately mean teenagers in the way where they don't realize they're being mean. They think they're just being kind of fun and teasy. Mm. Uh, have snuck Wirt's mixtape into Sarah's coat pocket. So he goes to rummage through her jacket and a guy's like, hey, don't be a creep. <laughs> and, like, chases Wirt yeah. off. And I'm like, you know what that jock is a good person also i love the scene when the guy's like yeah like can i hold your hand and he's like and she's like no that's okay and the other guy's like I- i'd be okay if you hold my hand that's fine and i'm like oh oh, oh i see <laughs> jason funderburger love is still possible for you yeah. also so work goes to this party and it's just again like it's so cute he's like i'm not invited and then sarah's like well actually i'm about to go to another party we're gonna go hang out at the graveyard and drink age-appropriate drinks like juice <laughs> yeah like juice nothing illegal <laughs> which i say all the time anytime i'm ever going out for drinks i'm just like oh we're gonna go get some age-appropriate drinks oh hey we're gonna go to the graveyard oh are you gonna do something there nah we're just gonna hang out and drink age-appropriate drinks like the juice yeah and whatever age-appropriate stuff that's not illegal hey you should come uh, uh, all right. hey sarah are you ready to go hey jason funderburger oh hey work Let's go, Sarah. Uh, you coming, Wirt? No, no. You you go. Have fun with Jason Funderburger. Okay. But if you want to stop by later or something... Mm, bye, Wirt. Sayonara, Jason Funderburger. Also, like, the police officers in it being like, Hey, stop doing that. Just kidding. Happy Halloween. Just kidding. Happy <laughs> Halloween. Kids, get out of the graveyard. Just kidding. Happy Halloween. Stop running. Happy Halloween. <laughs> I, I was, like, so confused. I was, like, with this episode because... I was like, what's happening? And I think that's, like, on purpose. Because you're like, wait, what? What? Why is it all of a sudden like this? What What is happening? And then you see the they fall and then, like, down by some trains. And then that's how they... Which arrive. also watching it this time around, just like a cool a cool fact is at the end of the theme song in each episode, a train whistle plays and you can hear a train on the train tracks. Oh, I did not notice that. I didn't notice, notice it because it's like really faint, and then you listen for it, and you're like, "Oh," because they're in like, oh. and then it does a kind of like Wizard of Oz thing of like, "Are they just dreaming? Is this really happening?" I kind of had an issue with if it is just a dream because that makes like that's such a cop out in my. I don't mind. think I'm it like, is because like the bell, no? like the bell, still in in the frog. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like the way they played off of like all of a sudden they wake up and then everything is fine. I was like, if this is just a dream, they fall into the water. And then the next thing we see is that, like, them getting released, like, out of the water. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, was this just an imagination? But there is the bell, so it leaves it kind of, like, whimsicalist, like, 
aspect of it. I wish it would just have been like they've gone over the garden, also, and they've gone like kind of like in Stardust, like they crossed over and it's like a myth- mythical land, and they can still go back to like their normal time. But it's I don't know. I know for me, it's like it's like a dream world, which like doesn't make it not real, but it's like a different plane of existence. It's like the mm. original series again, like was this concept of two brothers who sign a like Dr. Faustus type deal over where they like kind of like sell their souls over to the beast and then to get it back have to travel through this land collecting stories into the tome of the unknown. Um so I feel like it's kind of like that where they're in like a, a like weird like ethereal plane. They're on another plane. Mm. Mm. Yeah I can like, see that. Things I... are still happening but they're like Yeah I yeah I get I I just wasn't as an imp- wasn't the way I wanted it to end. So it was kind of <laughs> like, hmm, okay, but it um, is what it is. It is what it is. Um, but they beat they defeat the beast because they realize that it's he doesn't trap people inside the lantern. He's inside no. the lantern. So if they blow it out, and it's I like Wirt being brave, and I like Greg being great, brave and clever, and Beatrice coming to help, and it's yeah. Fun. Did you notice the whole thing with the outfits? No. Well, I don't think I don't know if it was on purpose or not. Well, probably it was cartoons, so someone drew it. So obviously, like it was on <laughs> purpose. Um, all the friends were the characters in the mythical land they're in. So like, someone was dressed as a bluebird. Someone. Oh, like, I missed that entirely because I know that like Sarah was just as like a clown with like a pumpkin head. Yes. So like that probably like skeleton like she would also kind of look like the scary creature when that lady turned into like the girl May yeah. turned into like it kind of had a similar face and then the guy who was also interested in the girl she liked was dressed like in all green so it was like the frog <laughs> and like if you look at like the last scene I'm like oh my god they all match like core characters that it happened Oh man, that's in. so Wizard of Oz and I totally missed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that I was like, excuse me? That's, that's a bird. <laughs> Which leads to my ultimate favorite line of when they decide okay. to name the frog Jason Funderburker. Um, and and, and <laughs> yeah. Me, you, and Jason Funderburker. Me, not you, Jason Funderburker. My frog, Jason Funderburker. <laughs> Our frog, Jason Funderburker. Yes. And Jason Funderburker is just like, hey. <laughs> like um also one. i love that greg is dressed as an elephant because that is such a child costume of being like i'm gonna dress as an elephant and they're like i'm gonna put a teapot on my head and obviously it's my trunk come on people there you it's go a trunk <laughs> oh he's so oh he's oh greg's just good greg's just a good boy even when he's yes. a stealer we didn't really touch on it re- yet but the whole thing is that like, when I was like, well, how do trees get oil? The trees are people? Which is gross. <laughs> yeah, because oil is technically, like, dinosaurs and stuff. Oh, I guess it's, like, their bones. Yuck. Yeah. Overall, like, I liked the musical episodes the most, for sure. Because those were really fun and exciting and cool. Um, and it reminded me a lot of, like, Gravity Falls-esque mm-hmm. type I, th- I feel like they were out stuff. around the same time, like, different networks, but very much like part of the the style and tone of animation at the time i'm glad you like told me to watch it because i probably would have never watched it because <laughs> it's not necessarily my style of and it stuff. is just and, like, fall time to me that's what fall feels yeah. like it's like you want to be a little bit spooky you want to be with friends you want to be outside and then it gets cold and it's just like that's yeah. it, it feels so refreshing to me yeah you you notice like how time passes because there was one clip 
where there's a leaf and they like zoom in on like a leaf falling and like hitting a fence and I'm like that's strange but isn't there like a rule like everything is important in film like they won't show something unless it'll come back and I think that was like the beginning of like showing time has changed because by the end it's like all the leaves are gone and it's like winter time and it's snowing yeah, like the so I liked how they showed yeah so I like how they had the passage of time and like again like aesthetically um minus the scary stuff the artwork was really cool because it was like 2d animation which is not doesn't happen very often anymore and i prefer it so much no she no shade no pink lemonade to 3d but i really do prefer 2d animation (laughs) i love the the background art it reminded me of like old school disney when like the background was like very detailed and nice and then the characters were like um not like old-fashioned Disney that the characters were more simple, but like the fact of like the background was just very detailed and like had this like paintbrush type effect to it. I thought it like looked really pretty and like the fall aesthetic of it all was really cool. Like there was like a fog or the leaves were changing colors. I was like yes, <laughs> um, yeah, I really like it. And I think all from spot. I was gonna say one more kind of fun fact that I wanted to throw out there is that there's also. Uh, won an honorable mention for best feature at the Ottawa International Animation Film Festival, which Ooh. I am going to later this week, virtually, obviously. But I yes. was like, oh, I wonder if I will. I have like passes through work where I'm going to go to a bunch of panels, but also get tickets to all of the free screenings, including a new Disney short. A new unannounced oh. Disney short that we are getting a sneak preview of. So I'm hoping I can get passes to it because passes don't go on sale until tomorrow. And I feel like it's going to be a pretty quick grab. So oh, fingers yeah. crossed. But yeah, fingers I was crossed. like, I was just funny where I was like, literally today I got my pass to this festival and I was looking up over the garden wall and I was like, oh, they won. They won Ooh, an award at this so festival. Cool. It's definitely very unique. Um, like, I wouldn't say it's like for kids but i wouldn't say it's for like it's for like teenagers maybe i would say i think it, like, it is for kids, or kids. i think very sincerely it was not for us as kids but i uh no, was actually that's, that's i had true. to go into work the other day and it was just me and two other co-workers and she was talking about how her daughter is like five and really really into halloween and ghost stories and the adams family and how she had introduced this to her daughter and her daughter just loved it so I was like, oh. they, they, yeah, and I was like, her daughter's like five or six, and I was like, what? But her, so I think it wow. is for kids. I think it's just not for us as kids. <laughs> that, that's fine. But that's more fair. so, yeah. it is for teens, which mm-hmm. I think is an important market that gets missed in animation a lot of the time. Jenny, what are your last thoughts on Over the Garden Wall? And then also, uh, we were talking last week about how we find a star system actually quite restrictive in rating how we feel about things, because... Three and a half stars and two stars and four stars can mean very different things. Five stars, like, pretty consistently five stars, you're like, I really, really love this. But anything else, you're like, this is different. You're judging some different metrics. So we're going to, for not-so-spooky-tober, deal away, do away with the star star chart rating. But Jenny, I am curious to hear kind of, like, how you would rate through whatever metric you so desire over the garden wall. It was interesting to watch a show that... I understand the appeal of and but it's clearly not for it's not my taste in spooky if that makes sense mm-hmm. like I I kind of got scared I did I did get scared <laughs> um, and I but I also there was a lot of elements that I really enjoyed like I loved Greg I loved the fun little like animal interactions that were happening and like Um, personifying animals and being like humans in a way and I thought those types of things were kind of fun Um, 
And I don't think I'll ever watch the whole series again, but it's definitely something that there's a few episodes that I will want to rewatch again um, just because it was fun and it was a musical. Um, but, like, I, I think, like, overall, um, like, intriguing to me, like, the story arc, I feel like I would have preferred to have this as a book to read if that makes sense like a graphic novel i feel like i would have been better if it was a graphic novel and i could like read it and have like this story arc and be like oh this is fascinating i could see like different volumes and like i would connect with it definitely if i read this and i'd read it i'd be like this is so cool i want to read the next one but because it was a tv show and when you move in like different types of um sensory effects like with sounds and all that like adding sound and visuals more and like movement it was like the pacing didn't work as well for me but I definitely see why people really like it and there are luckily with tv shows you can pick which ones you want to see if you want to watch them again um but I'm glad it's something that you really enjoy and that you like I have to say, um, I'm really relieved that you did still like part of it, because I really like, and I think it goes to show how, even after nine years of friendship, I still don't have a handle on what your tastes are, because I thought this was going to be like a slam dunk. Oh. Of that you were going to love it. And so, you definitely threw me off, but as soon as I realized, <laughs> you are like, I like parts of it, and I was like, I have to recalibrate entirely how I talk about this program now, <laughs> because I thought it was going to be like, anyway, so it's like, I'm really pleased that you did still like it, and it makes me now very curious for the rest of the month, because I definitely was like, this is the less spooky, this is the less scary option of the two, but maybe you won't find my other one scary, because it's a different kind of scary than this is. This is more, like, dreadful and spooky, whereas the other one's, yeah. like, goofy and spooky. Well, that's the thing, because, like, the thing I'm going to bring next week is, def- is like, live action and is, like, has actual scary parts in it, but is a comedy, when this is, like, watching a teenager who's, like, clearly going through it and is having some extra, st- like, some real-life <laughs> going through it is, like, they have worse autobiography. We're clearly <laughs> going through it. Um, and, like, just dark themes and it, more... Not gory, necessarily, but more... Children in peril is always a special kind of scary. Yeah, I agree. Like, when you have Greg going off with the beast, it's really upsetting. Especially because that is something where, like, people only had to wait a day originally to watch it. But that's not, like, that's not a part... That's not a first part of an episode. That's the second part. Like, they do leave you on that cliffhanger, and you're suddenly like, oh. I would say, like, I, I have to give them props for, like, once, like, at, as soon as we got to the third episode, then I was like, okay, I want to see what happens. And then as soon as the fourth episode ended, I was like, oh, this is getting interesting. And then it made me really want to know what happened, mm-hmm. which doesn't happen all the time. Um, and there was some in the between, I was like, okay, I just want to see what happens. Um, it was good. It's not my favorite thing. I probably would not watch the entire series again, but I understand why people would. That makes sense. I do. And I also understand your, like, frustration at them not kind of committing to the unknown being a real place. But yeah. one thing I am really thankful for is the epilogue at the end of the last episode where mm. that cements it for me is these people are all real. Is that, like, up until that point you had only seen all the other characters, Wayne Ward or Greg, were actually there. And then at the end of this you see how these boys affected everyone in the unknown. Yes. And so you see the, the woodsman being reunited with his daughter, and you see Lorna reading the Tome of the Unknown, and it's just one of those things where it's like, it makes you very aware in a very gentle way about the sense of, like, 
community that I always feel, especially mm. at fall time of like wanting to be with family and be together. Yeah. Um, and so seeing everyone get that and seeing Beatrice get to be with her family and also seeing Beatrice also have to be a teenager and have her family make fun of her <laughs> very, very real felt very yeah. real. Yeah. Um, and that like really seals the deal for me. Yeah, I did like the epilogue. That I just left me more confused, but I did like the <laughs> epilogue. It's like, what does this mean? <laughs> Sometimes I am just very content to like be like this is all not real anyways because it's a TV show. So whatever they tell me is true as far as I'm concerned is true in terms with this. I'm just like, yep, that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yep, there you go. <laughs> oh, potatoes and molasses. They're so much sweeter than algebra class if your stomach is grumbling and your mouth starts mumbling. There's only one thing to keep your brain from crumbling. Oh, potatoes and molasses. If you can't see them, put on... So that's Over the Garden Wall. Um, and I'm pleased. I'm pleased that you like parts of it. I was like, this is good. This is good conversation practice for me. To be like, what do you mean you don't agree with everything I say? But now... Yeah. Ah, uh, for our activity this evening. This evening. Um, yes. This got me in a spooky mood. Also, uh, angry mood because I was like, oh, shoot. I started making my Halloween costume in May and was like, I'm going to be yeah. so on top of it. Not that I'm doing anything for Halloween this year anyways, but it is now the end of September and I am done like a third of it. So, but then that got me thinking, and I was like seeing Wart make his very last minute costume. I mean, he certainly doesn't know what he's dressed as for Halloween. (laughs) Greg does, but that doesn't mean his costume isn't last minute. So, I want you to tell me what your favorite Halloween costume was, whether it was something you pulled out from from the tickle trunk or planned Mm -hmm. months in advance. Yeah. So, um, Emma, you know this of me. I am horrible with planning for Halloween costumes. I like have always had high hopes and then two days before I'm like I haven't done any prep I don't know what I'm gonna be we're gonna find something luckily we had friends that had like random stuff and I would like I'm gonna put a boa and I there's these devil ears and I'm going to wear a cardigan I am a, a meme teacher sure let's do that and, <laughs> and then I went through the phases of being hipster Disney characters and that, that was always fun when I was hipster Rapunzel, I was hipster Ursula. It's like, it's a Disney bound, basically. Once, like, I got older and I realized what Disney bounding is, I was, I, that's pretty much what my Halloween costumes have been for the past four years. So, like, Rapunzel, Ursula, and then I was Cinderella, and then I was um, Joy from Inside Out last year. Um, In case people don't know what Disney bounding is, it's pretty much, like, dressing as a character but not as a costume. It's how adults can go to Disney dress as characters and not get kicked out because you can't dress up as characters in Disney as an adult because then kids get confused and you're not allowed. So anywho, that's Disney founding. The rule of mouse. Um, yes, the rule of mouse. But when you first asked me this question, the first thing I thought was bringing me back to elementary school. And even like that's growing up, I, yeah, even growing up, I never really planned for an advance. I always ended up think being a wizard. Like we had one wizard hat and I would just like put it on and be like, okay, I'm a wizard. Um, but, <laughs> ta-da. But there was one year, I believe I was in grade five, and this is when you were still able to dress up for Halloween at school. Um, now you only have black and orange days. Um, oh, that's j- so weird. It's yeah. Well, the whole point is it was so like for kids who don't yeah I have for kids outfits. who can't afford outfits or 
who don't celebrate Halloween or all those types of things. Mm -hmm. Like they said, black and orange days. But we used to, back when we used to still dress up and we would do um, like a parade and there would be like bone with the best costumes and stuff like that. One year I dressed as my favorite character ever. I dressed up as Legolas from Lord of the Rings. Oh my God. Showstopper. And (laughs) I, I loved Legolas. I loved Lord of the Rings. I had a poster of him on my door until... Uh, we sold that house when I was in university, so he was just there. Um, Wait, was it like the life size poster? Or like no, not the life size poster. It was like an average size, like poster size of his of his face as Legolas. Okay, because my sister had a sorry to put you on blast. Legolas had a life size poster of Legolas that was on her bedroom door that remained Damn. there until our parents moved out of that house when we were in university. So I was just like Legolas posters, right? Same. <laughs> um, so I. Dressed up as legless, I had, I don't remember all of the getup, but I remember, because I have long blonde hair, so I had it long blonde. I had, like, it some braids along the side. I had, like, fake elf earrings. Um, not earrings, elf, like, pointed ears. Um, I borrowed my cousin's bow and arrow. Was it a real bow and, and arrow? Yeah. <laughs> you were allowed to bring that to school? <laughs> yeah, well, like, the arrow wasn't, like, sharp or anything, okay. but the bow was, like, legit. And then I wore, like, all green. And, but I remember being so mad because no one knew who I was. I would have known. <laughs> Everyone thought I was Robin Hood. And poor souls who thought I was and told it to my face because I was like, I am not Robin Hood. I was so, and then people also were saying if I was Link, I didn't, I didn't even play, like, Zelda games when I was young. So I was like, I don't know who that is. I don't know what that means. <laughs> And I was just so mad that no one knew. I was so mad. But I remember, because I put so much effort into it. And it was something I was super passionate about. And I was so excited. And no one, Emma, no one knew. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But that still was my favorite. That was the first thing that came to mind of, like, my favorite thing. Because it was something I was very excited to be. (laughs) How about yourself? Because you're really good at Halloween. Also, like, you would, living up in North had to, like, figure out, like, costumes around things as well. Yeah, I so was, like, fine. Costumes are always difficult because I was, I was very spoiled. My mom would, like, make all my Halloween costumes from scratch. She was awesome wow. about it. Um, but it was always very difficult because we were allowed to wear our Halloween costumes to school. But you also had to have your Halloween costumes fit over your parkas when you went trick-or-treating. So then it was always this, like, battle between, like, wanting it to fit and look cute and then also like still having it fit over your parka yeah and like my mom is a total champ i remember one day she made like one year i really wanted to be rose from titanic this was like in grade one Mm. or two and she made me the rose dress and then i changed my mind like the week before halloween and she made me a second costume when she'd already made me a beautiful rose dress and could have just been like no you're rose dawson um or not rose dawson (laughs) rose dewitt beautiful cater um but then she made me a blue fair costume so i'm like i'm just like okay what are some of my greatest hits i want to give my mom also a shout out for like taking good care of me and being a good mom because i definitely like hit middle school and did not get the motive or not the motive the memo that costumes were supposed to be like sexy Mm. in middle school god i hate even saying those words together but i wanted to be the cheshire cat and i'm just like so mad because she was so ahead of the time she made me a cheshire cat fleece onesie which was awesome and perfect for trick-or-treating when I was, like, 12 years old. 
So I say sexy, yeah. not sexy, but like pretty costumes were in. Yeah. Um, and then meanwhile, I was there with like my full purple face paint and my like giant fleece onesie. And I was like, I have missed a memo. But also, I remember going to go treating that night and being like, this is the best. I didn't even have to wear a parka because it was an unseasonably warm Halloween and I was wearing full body fleece. So that was a good one. <laughs> and then I will say like, sorry, I'm so cheating right now. I'm like giving you a whole list. But okay, I also give you a list. So I know, because I was like, you know me like as an adult, and I've done some pretty good costumes. Last year I was Zoya the Destroyer from Glow, which was great. Mm. Um, but I th- And then I think one of my favorite costumes, because it like was just, it was great. I did have to carry around a roll of packing tape. I was the paper bag princess when I was in high school for one year, and I made myself a little crown out of a like two liter pop bottle. Oh, and then I bought those big paper bags you get for like yard waste, and made myself ah. a dress, and I had like the tank top and the shorts underneath, and then I just carried around a roll of packing tape because I hadn't uh, taken into consideration needing to sit down, <laughs> and it kept ripping. Oh, so no. by the end of the roll, I was like eighty percent tape, um, <gasps> but it was a good one because it was one of those moments of like I had done other costumes that were more. Like, I thought, I was also, like, a really obnoxious, like, I love film teenager, so I also was Mia Wallace for Halloween when I was 15, and nobody knew who I was, and I was just mm. like, okay, it's it's not fun to have the cool, what you think is a cool costume if you have to explain it every single time someone asks yeah. you. So yeah, then the Legos. next year, I was the paper bag princess, and it rocked because every single person knew who I was. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Also, I remember, it's not Halloween, but I remember when we dressed up for the Doctor Who Oh, that was fun. Well, I said, you made my costume. You had a blue dress, I I made you a hat. (laughs) You made me a hat, and I was so thankful. I dressed up as the TARDIS, and you dressed up as a Dalek. And And we were super cute. And we were super cute. (laughs) Um, And then not Halloween, uh, a couple years at Fan Expo. It was the day before Fan Expo. And I was like, I kind of want to do a costume. And I had the day off. And then I just went out to Valley Village and went as Angus McDonald, boy detective. And that was also an awesome costume to wear because I was, like, so used to, like, doing my other costumes and involve, like, spandex. And then suddenly I was just running around in shorts and, like, a little vest with a hat. It was perfect. No makeup was involved. It was the most... I also want to give a shout out to you when you dressed as... um, a weeping angel in first year. Oh man, it was these so are like cool. a. These are good costume moments. B. They are also like really specific moments in pop culture time. Of like, I was a weeping angel in two thousand eleven, which is like right when Doctor Who was getting big, and then we dressed up for the Doctor Who fiftieth anniversary, and then I was like the Winter Soldier in two thousand fourteen. And it's your just outfits like, were always so good. Oh, <laughs> oh my god, that phone that fake arm just smelled like spray paint though i was like high on fumes that entire <laughs> halloween <laughs> oh. oh it was good times oh we also had great yeah. neighbors for halloween yeah. anyways that's memory lane the <laughs> first of i'm sure many halloween reminiscings that will happen over the course of the next three yes. weeks that's you got that right we'll be doing an episode every october yeah. uh for not so spooky tober and every, week, said every october mm-hmm <laughs> As October be. Every, um, <laughs> every day in October, every week in October. Uh, if you'd like to hear those right away, don't forget to uh, subscribe, rate, review us on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever your podcaster of choice is. You can also follow us on Twitter or Tumblr at Hi Ho Podcast. That's H Y H O Podcast. Or email us at HiHoPodcast at gmail.com. Yes. And please go and check out our October playlist. 
we've added some spooky songs and some fall songs, and it will be a grand time. Yes. And we are Hondo Podcast on Spotify as well. Yeah. And to remember to like what you like, your opinion is valid. As long as it's the same as mine. Happy Halloween.